0: Hello baseball fans, welcome to Sully Baseball. This is the podcast where there is no offseason, and we talk about baseball 52 weeks of the year, whether it's winter, summer, spring or fall, it's time to, well, I almost did a rhyme there. I almost pulled a Mel Allen. Look, I improvised a near Mel Allen here. Winter, summer, spring or fall, it's time to talk Sully Baseball. That's really corny and potentially terrible. And yet 15 marketers would probably tell me it's a great idea. Holy Toledo. Um, hey, I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this outside in a beautiful, cloudy day in Pasadena, California, where the clouds are kind of obscuring the historic Rose Bowl. I, I'm actually out taking a walk. And I decided, I was thinking about you. Yeah, you. My, specifically you my Sully Baseball fans, as, well, you know, the whole podcast thing I'm doing is about to go through a, a major overhaul. As I, as you know, I've stopped doing the daily podcast. Uh, the weekly podcast isn't quite working for me yet, and we're going to rechristen the show. I'm going to guess, you've got to give me a little bit of time because I'm figuring it out. I'm still going to produce some of these Sully Baseball weekly shows up until the point where we're going to relaunch the new show. Now... <clears throat> I had this show that was eaten up and destroyed by technology that I did a few weeks ago. So, because of that, I feel like I owe you all a bonus. Especially those of you who you know, who listened every day. You know, the hundreds of people who listened every damn day. I, I owe you at least a, a a little bonus episode. Which is what I'm giving to you today as I'm taking this walk. And it's no coincidence I'm making today a bonus episode because it is, in my opinion, one of the first critical days of the baseball season. Now, if you listen to this podcast, and you know I do, I really believe the season is divided into three parts, from opening day to Memorial Day, from Memorial Day to the trade deadline, the trade deadline to the end of the season which leads us to the, the postseason. So the regular season is divided into three parts. And we have passed the first checkpoint, which is Memorial Day. You can no longer say it's early. Now you can say, hey, there's two thirds of the season left, a lot can happen, and that's true. A lot of times you've seen teams have a dominant first third of the season and fall by the wayside. Other times you see teams that stumble out of the gate and yet right the ship and go on to sometimes even play in the World Series. And you have some of those teams, and it's, I believe some of these teams set a dangerous precedent. Teams like the 2014 Kansas City Royals, who had a losing record going into August. And I was saying they should just start selling their veterans. Went on on a great streak, got to within one swing of winning the World Series in 2014, and winning the whole thing in 2015, and giving the Royals fans the greatest streak that they've had since the well, since the late 70s into the mid 80s when the Royals were dominant. So, but something like that should not be looked upon as a goal. That should be looked on as a fluke, because The way things are, if you're super far behind with a third of the season left to go, the odds are it's not going to work out for you. Now, one of the things you have to do when you're at this first checkpoint is you have to take a good, long look at yourself in the proverbial mirror. And by this I mean, if you're a team that was expected to be a big-time contender and you've stumbled out of the gate, you gotta ask yourself: Did we just have two bad months, or are we having a lousy season? If you are a team that has stunned the world and has come out of the gates a blazing, when nobody has any expectations for you, you've got to ask yourself: Okay, what am I? What are we really? Did we just have two good months, or is this a stunning season? That we should be building towards. And one of the things we've seen in baseball, you know, for all the talk that, you know, it's the same teams year in and year out in baseball, you're seeing that there are small windows of opportunity. And yes, even for the big market teams, to truly put together a world championship team. And the way that the postseason plays out. If you get into the postseason, of course, the proverbial, if you get in, you got a shot. And we've seen some teams win the World Series that you go, wow, I didn't see that team being the champion. But you can also see that some teams might be better built for the regular season. Some teams might be better built for the postseason. And if you have a shot to win it, if we've learned anything from a team this decade... That team is the 2012 Washington Nationals, who sat Steven Strasburg. And I know Washington National fans hate hearing this, but this is going to hang over the franchise until they win. They didn't pitch Strasburg in the postseason because they said, we're, gonna, we're saving and we're going to win a whole bunch of titles. Their pitching, starting pitching, was dreadful. Look it up. It was dreadful against St. Louis. The bullpen collapsed, and they didn't get past the first round. Now, to the Nationals' credit, they did make the postseason in 2014. They did make the postseason last year. And this year, it looks like they're going to make it again. So you could say, hey, we were right. We were right that there's going to be a bunch of postseasons coming up, and we would rather have Strasburg healthy for those rather than having them not available. But do you know what? Nobody cares because no one remembers division titles. No one remembers that you got in. They only remember how you finish. And so when you look at this windows of opportunity and a chance to win it all, you have to go for it because you don't know when that's going to come around again. You don't know when things are gonna turn their way or when a team is gonna, I don't know, collapse and players get injured. So, I'm just gonna take a look at where we are because this is the first time I'm gonna say if the playoffs started today. Now obviously, we have two-thirds of the season left, a lot can happen. But let's just see, as we get to this first checkpoint, what would it look like? And let me tell you, It is the way the playoffs would unfold right now. Exactly zero people on the planet Earth had this scenario. Right now, the American League playoffs would look like this. The top team, the most successful team in the American League, and they're on a winning streak right now, are the Houston Astros. The Houston Astros would play the wildcard team. The Red Sox would be one of the wildcard teams. And the other would be the winner of a one-game playoff between Baltimore and Cleveland. Meanwhile, the Yankees, who I didn't see winning and neither did you, would be playing the Minnesota Twins. Again, you didn't see that, neither did I. So, I mean, I didn't pick the Astros. A lot of people were picking the Astros. I didn't pick the Astros because I didn't see the resurgence of Dallas Keuchel I thought he was I thought his Cy Young season was a fluke well it turns out it wasn't a fluke and it turns out all their great bats are clicking and hitting at the same time and the Astros currently have the best record in baseball and are on a wild five game winning streak right now with an unbelievable comeback the other night against Minnesota and You know, A team that has gone through a lot of suffering and a fan base has gone through a lot of suffering is picking up the mantle and saying, hey, how about this being our year? I still can't get over the fact that the Astros are in the American League. They are such a National League team to me. And it would feel really, really weird to see the Astros win the World Series as an American League team. And I'm sure exactly zero Astro fans give a crap. What your pal Sully, who's seen his team win the World Series three times, cares about that. With all this attention being put on the Cubs and the Indians and the Red Sox and all these other teams, the Astros are the ones saying, hey, this is our year. We're going to clobber everyone. Now, Minnesota were a team that a couple of years ago had a surprising winning season and were on the outskirts of the wildcard race relatively late and this and last year they were terrible and the you know the winning season they had in 2015 looked like the fluke but now you look at them and say, wait a bit this was a team that had a lot of young talent and are and basically saw that talent get a little bit ahead of itself in 2015 and take a step back last year. Do I think Minnesota is going to win the division? I don't think so. I think they're relying on a lot of things, especially the greatness of urban Santana, to pick them up at this point. But they are a team with a lot of talent. and not even all the talents firing in all cylinders, Buxton still can't hit. But the Twins are a team are the exact kind of team that you have to look at and go like, okay, what are you gonna do during this middle part of the season? Another team that just doesn't make a lot of sense to me, and it's not because I'm a Red Sox fan, but the Yankees don't quite make sense to me. I don't really trust their their starting rotation and their their lineup can be streaky. Sometimes their lineup could be spectacular and sometimes they could be terrible. But they they're 29 and 19. They're playing over six hundred ball. And you got to give credit where credit is due, especially when you consider Tanaka has not been spectacular. He's he's had some very good starts recently, so maybe he's turning things around. But if you told me, it's like, oh yeah, a team that's going to be led by Pineda and Severino was going to be in New York, and that they would find their next great star in Judge, I'd say you'd lost your damn mind. By the way, kudos for Judge for picking number 99. If he winds up having a great career in Yankeedom, well, 99 is probably an easy number to retire. But are the Yankees going to continue this, or are they off to a really great start and will fade? The team that you know, kind of reminds me of that is—and I hate to say this as a Red Sox fan—but the 2013 Red Sox, who were being buoyed by players like, you know, players like Buckholz and Lackey who I'd totally given up on both of them, and they were coming off of a horrible season. And throughout that 2013, you can listen to the podcast, I was like, let's be guarded here. They're off to a nice start, but this is probably not going to last. That they were relying on a lot of bats that you weren't expecting, a lot of arms you weren't expecting, and Koji Uehara, who had virtually no closer experience, and it turned out it worked. Sometimes it does work. And it worked for that one season. Well, maybe the Yankees are putting together a year where it could all click for this one year, which makes the middle part of this season really important to them. Now, Cleveland has had a ton of issues this year. They've had issues with their pitching staff. Kluber's hurt. They're not getting the production they want out of Carrasco and Salazar. But And and out of, uh, um, what's his name? Uh, the the guy who got cut by the freaking uh, drone. Um, oh, I can't remember everyone's name. Bauer, thank you. I said thank you as if I have a fact checker here. I'm just doing this from memory. Of all, this is the one reason why I picked the Indians to win the World Series, and I'm standing by that pick for this reason. All the things went against the Indians so far. So many things have gone against them to this point. And they're three games above 500, And despite all the things that have gone wrong for Cleveland in the first third of the season, they're only two back in the loss column and tied in the win column with Minnesota. In other words, all the things, including Kluber going to the disabled list, has meant that at this first checkpoint, the Cleveland Indians are one game behind an overachieving Twins team. I think that two-thirds of the season and having the most talented team on paper in the Central is more than enough to make up that one game from Minnesota. Now, I think they have to take a good long look at the the trade market because the window of opportunity for Cleveland is right now. And I think it will behoove them if there are teams looking to dump, especially starting pitchers, you know, before the trade deadline. I'm not saying they have to get a superstar ace, but to just fill in some of the cracks, I think that might be enough to push them into the division lead. The Astros must look at this season as, this is the year to win it all. This is the year that we can be the world champion Houston Astros. And they just have to take a good long look at this team over the next, I don't know, four or five weeks and say, whatever holes exist, let's first try to fill them in internally, and then... Let's just, again, raid teams who are looking to dump potential free agents. And this is, you know, when you have those teams that are like, okay, it can all come together this year. And this becoming a franchise, I mean, stop and think about this for a second. What a Houston Astros World Championship would mean for this team right now Because not only would it be the greatest moment in Houston's sports history, not only would it be the culmination of years and years of frustration amongst Astros fans coming together for one title, but they would also potentially win the title and have the likes of Correa, have the likes of Springer, have the likes of Altuve, all these young players putting a World Series ring on their finger and say, hey, you're going to be around for a couple more years. We can make a couple of trips to the postseason and maybe, just maybe, create a good rivalry with Cleveland and maybe, just maybe, create a World Series rivalry with the Cubs with all their young players. Or I mean, I mean look, I'm getting a little ahead of myself, especially because I didn't have much faith in the Houston Astros going into this season. But the fact of the matter is, they are absolutely manhandling the American League West and i mean they're up by 11 games right now they're up by 11 games and who are the contenders the mariners who i picked to win the division because i couldn't figure out this division they can't get out of their own way the a's i love the a's but they're they're fallen they're falling fast and they're probably going to trade everything that isn't nailed down come trade deadline. The Rangers, who won the last two division titles, still have a ton of talent. And if any team is going to turn around, you saw that they had a big winning streak recently before getting you know, getting two by four by the Red Sox. And now they've lost seven of their last 10 games. So the Rangers are obviously a very streaky team. And the second place team, the Angels, just got the news that they're going to miss this, this middle third of the season. They're not going to have Mike Trout. Now, what that means is that opens up the MVP race to everyone else because Trout was actually having one of his best seasons, which is saying something because he's Mike freaking Trout. But now the Angels realize that their lineup sucks with Trout. Their lineup is awful with the best player in baseball. Now they're going to remove him. So right now the Astros are looking, all right, the A's are rebuilding. The Angels have just removed Mike Trout and the Mariners and the Rangers can't seem to get out of their own way. At this point, the Astros should really be looking around going like, all right, let's line up our playoff rotation. Which might sound like an exaggeration, but they must be in a situation where they can say, okay, whatever holes, let's just fill in whatever cracks we have. And go into this October with a super team. Even if some of the cracks are filled by people who are going to ski daddle once the playoffs are over. Because this is it. This is a chance to win the title in Houston and to take the pressure of will these young kids ever win a title and just move forward and relax with a wonderful Astros team. The Astros will never get a chance like this again, where the rest of the division is opening up like a clam and saying, here you go. I guess an oyster would be a better uh, analogy. But see, here's the deal. I love clams. I love clams more than I like oysters. And if you open, and what the hell am I going to do with a pearl? I don't want a necklace. I'm going to wear a big old earring. I'd rather eat a damn clam. So maybe my analogy was correct. That the AL West is opening up like a clam, and while I would rather the Astros have won a World Series title in the National League, for Astros fans who have been waiting for anything—and I mean anything—since 1962, I don't think they're going to be too picky of which to, which league they're representing when they finally win the damn World Series. When you look up and you see like the Red Sox, look at. The Red Sox did not get off to the best start in the world, and yet they're only three games behind the Yankees and are gonna insert David Price into the rotation. And despite all of the you know not getting production out of third base, having you know getting virtually no home run power for most of the season, having up and downs, you know, pomerant season, not having price until yesterday, despite all of those things going wrong for the Red Sox they are four games back in the lost column of the Yankees and would be a playoff team. Which is the same, you know, the same point I made about the Indians, of all these bad things happen, and they're still, you know, the Indians would be tied for a playoff team with Baltimore. They got two-thirds of a season to right a ship of which the, the wronged ship has them going in October anyway. So I'm not too worried about Boston. I'm not too worried about Cleveland. The Twins have to really look at the next couple weeks to see are they a fluke or not. And if not, then they should really start to build for an October run. Now, the Angels have to trade everybody. I, made a, I talked about this the other day, that they have made a terrible, terrible run that they have the best player in baseball and have put together one trip to the postseason. That they have the best player of his generation, and they're going to squander his prime with a bunch of meaningless seasons. <laughs> and the only reason why Mike Trout hasn't won the MVP every year has because, is because people have used the, well, how valuable can he be if they didn't make the playoffs? I mean, come on. You know, th- that wonderful argument that because the Angels' bullpen sucked, Mike Trout wasn't as valuable that airtight logic. Well, this now gives the angels an opportunity to say, okay, fine, we're, I mean, they have a losing record with trout, they're not doing well with trout. And now they're not gonna have them for the summer, for the bulk of the summer, which by the way, that can't help attendance, that can't help TV ratings. The only reason you go to a game in Anaheim, is you want to see Mike Trout play, and you take that off the counter, I said, "Oh yeah, oh, we're going to drive all the way out to Anaheim. Assuming everyone lives next to me, we're going to drive all the way out to hell to Anaheim to watch what Maben. Who, who are we going to watch play? You know, is C.J. Cron still there? Are the are these? Are, is this who you're going to sell the team around? Yeah, it sucks, but you what you do? Any player who has any value." At this point, you trade. You trade and get younger players on the team. And you rebuild this year. This is a chance to do that. You have to make lemonade here. Because you if you say fans won't accept that, well what are they going to accept? Another team that doesn't make the postseason? Oh, fans won't accept anything short of a championship. Well, you're not going to win one this year. And the, the team, as it's constructed, is probably not going to win one next year. But, if you start putting together the younger pieces, maybe you'll get there a little bit faster. This is a little bit of a wake-up call for the Angels. Now, the you'll take a look at the last couple of games. The Royals have fallen. They have uh they're six and a half games behind the twins. And you go, oh, they made up all those games before. They're not gonna make it up. They have a losing record, they're not gonna leapfrog everybody. They have so many players who are going to be available for free agency, and you have so many teams that are on the cusp that it makes sense for the Royals to get ahead of it, to sort of say, hey, let's put some of our players up right now. Let's be thankful if you're a Royal fan if you that you had your back-to-back pennants in a championship. You've got to be calling the Astros. You've got to be calling the, um, the Twins. The Yankees, the Red Sox, the Indians, all these teams, you know, Baltimore, all these teams with legit shots to win the division this year. Tampa as well. Let's not count out Tampa, who have a winning record, who are only a couple games out of the postseason. That if they come up and say, hey, we'll fill a couple holes in, and we can sneak back into the playoffs, which is why a team like the Angels, but especially the Royals, Who have all these talented players on their team. Who are going to skedaddle by a free agency. And they're probably not going to get draft picks from them or anything. I'm not quite sure how the compensation works anymore. But you're better off getting two young players for each of them. And kickstarting it. And dangling them in front of all these teams. That are on the cusp of winning. It's going to be an interesting middle third. Mainly because of teams like the Twins. And teams like the Rays. And teams like the Yankees. Who seem to be doing things ahead of schedule. This first third could be a fluke. Could be. A few years ago the Brewers were running away with it. I bet you forgot that. A few years ago the Braves were in first place at this point. I bet you forgot that. Because they fell apart in the last third or two-thirds of the season. But if you're an American League team on the cusp. This is when that middle part becomes interesting. This could be an incredible year in Minnesota, or it could be eh, a nice first couple of months of which the the Indians righted the ship and stampeded to the AL Central the way they thought. But man, the more and more I look at it, the more I think about it, the more I realize what an incredible year we could be having in Houston. And the fact that they're running ahead this far ahead This early gives them time to fill in the holes like no other team. Now in the National League, the single strangest thing has happened in the National League. First of all, the Dodgers are on a great run right now. They're half a game behind the Colorado Rockies. I don't think there's any way, barring catastrophic injury, that the Dodgers do not win the National League West because they've had strife. They've had a stumbling start, and they got to the point where they're now playing 6-15 ball. They're They're tied in the lost column with the Colorado Rockies, and I don't see the Rockies being the big contender throughout the whole season. They're a wonderful story so far, and they could very well insert themselves into the wild card race, but I think the Dodgers have so much talent. They're playing so well, and they know that their window of opportunity is now that they're gonna, Look, at. they're back by half a game. By the time you listen to this, the Dodgers might be in first place already. The team that's really interesting to me, however, even though they're on a three-game losing streak and have kind of fallen out of the, you know, they would be a wild-card team right now, uh, is Arizona. Because I think Arizona, despite their recent stumbles, have players, especially resurgent Grinky especially a lineup that looks like it could hit, and especially Torrey Lovolo, who should be the manager of the Red Sox, but that's a different podcast altogether. They scare me more than Colorado does. Colorado strikes me as a team that's had a really good first two uh, months of the season and as of this recording of the best record in the National League. I don't think they can sustain that for the full season. But if you told me that Arizona did it, I would say, hmm, you know what? I think you might be right. They seem to be built better with their pitching staff for the long haul and will probably give the Dodgers the most fits even if the Rockies fall back. I think they may be a wild card contender or people might say, man, remember the Rockies won first place? Yeah, that was weird. The Diamondbacks are another team that should be looking at the carcasses to pick and see because you don't know when it all could fit together and like Trout, they have been wasting the prime of Paul Goldschmidt and they can't do that for much longer the, the uh, National League East has been the Nationals, have the answer to the Houston Astros and you know when you consider Houston versus Washington, man that's may not be as sexy as Chicago, Cleveland but you know what, that's a lot of angst right there the Houston fan base, the Washington fan base, if they met up in the World Series, those are two f- tortured fan bases, not just in terms of uh, franchises. You know, These are two franchises that have never won the World Series, and I think I pointed out we haven't seen that in the World Series since 1980, and before that was 1920, that you had two teams that had never won the World Series facing off in the same World Series, but also Washington sports in general, Houston sports in general, it's rough. And those two teams right now are running away with the division and could be on a collision course to the World Series, which would be actually a pretty good World Series. Now, the Nationals are up by eight and a half games over Atlanta. The main, you know, And I didn't see, like the Astros, I didn't have the faith in this Nationals team. I thought they were going to take a step back, and I thought the Mets were going to have a healthy rotation, and the fact that they made the playoffs last year with their team as banged up as it was, I thought, you know what, with a healthy rotation, the Mets should win 92, 93 games, and I didn't see the Nationals going off on a great run. I also didn't see the Mets having such an absolutely cataclysmic first third of the season. I mean, even their recent two-game winning streak, they are eight games back in the loss column. They're 22-27, and and they're in absolute turmoil. The front office is in turmoil. The management's in turmoil. It's an absolute disaster. This team is a disaster. And they could very well finish with a losing record, and I would be stunned, absolutely stunned, if Terry Collins makes it to the All-Star break. And this coming after a year where he got the you know two years after taking him to the World Series and a year after getting to the postseason, despite having a completely banged up team, there's just there's just too much strife going on in that team, and it seems to be a mess. And what other team is going to beat them? The Braves, the Marlins, the Phillies. The Phillies are the worst team of them all. So the Nationals have all but wrapped up the NL East, barring an absolute miracle. So like the Astros, they can take a good long look and say, okay, what do we need in terms of an October run? Because they've made plenty of postseasons. And now they can finally wipe the Strasbourg question off the map with a championship this year. The most bizarre division, of course, is the NL Central. With everyone in their moose picking the Cubs to get back to the World Series, including your pal Sully, the, the Cubs are even 500. Even 500. Who had that? The Cubs would be a 500 team at Memorial Bay. Now, are they a 500 team? No, I think they're a 90-plus win team. The Milwaukee Brewers are the only team in the division with a winning record. They're 27-24. and 24. The thing that I find really interesting about the NL Central is this. The last place team are the Pittsburgh Pirates, and right above them are the Cincinnati Reds. The Cincinnati Reds are two games back in the lost column. The Pittsburgh Pirates are four games back of the lost column of first place. It does not take a great amount of imagination to see a team like the Pirates, who a few years ago were a 90-plus win team, suddenly get hot and overtake the rest of the teams there. It doesn't take a great imagination to see the Cincinnati Reds be, hey, no one's expecting us to do piddly-poo, and put it all together. It also doesn't take a great imagination to see the Cubs can look up and say, hey, we had a thoroughly mediocre first third of the season, and we're only a game and a half out of first. All it will take is a good second third of the season to put the aft thrusters on. And the same thing goes for the St. Louis Cardinals, a team I picked to make the playoffs. The NL Central is the division that right now all five teams should look in the mirror and go like, do we have a shot at this? Now, it's most dangerous for a team like the Reds, who have been rebuilding in a very intelligent way and don't want to spoil this rebuilding with one ill-timed run at the division title kind of like what happened with San Diego a few years ago when they made a big push when they weren't quite ready to do it and it cost them a lot of prospects and decent players but for the Pirates the Pirates I can't help but look at them They've not had a good first third of the season. They're a sub 500 team. They should be. They've had one of their star players be suspended for PEDs, and their greatest star player, Andrew McCutcheon, has just not been himself the last couple of seasons. And yet, with all that being said, they're still in it. They still have decent pitching. You can look at the Pirates and go, "Wait a minute. What if we made a couple of trades, fill in a couple of holes?" It's dangerous. And I think by the end, the Cubs, well, I didn't think we we're going to win 100 games again anyway. I think they are going to wind up, you know, it's 162 games has a good way of sorting teams out. I think the Brewers have a lot of young talent on the team, and they may dangle their feet in the wildcard contention. I do think that the Cubs and the Cardinals will be on top of this division. But that leads us to a couple of questions. Who should be selling players off? You know, the Braves, if they have some of their veterans, I would really strongly consider putting a for sale sign on a bunch of them. The Phillies have a few veteran players who be sent off. San Francisco, I hate to say it. I hate to say it because my dad's a huge Giant fan. Giants are my second favorite team. Giants are my National League team. I thought the Giants were going to be a, a wild card team. I really did because I thought they had the pitching to do it. And I still think they have the pitching to do it, but it hasn't come together. And like the Angels losing Mike Trout and the Giants losing Madison Baumgartner means, do you know what? It's not going to happen this year. They're 22-31 playing 415 ball. It's just not going to happen this year. It isn't. So here's what you do. You take a look at some of the veterans and you say, maybe, and, and, and I would venture to say you do something bold. Maybe Brandon Crawford or Joe Panic. Maybe Hunter Pence. Maybe, dare I say it, maybe a Matt Moore or Johnny Cueto. Maybe there's a player, maybe a Melanson. If there's a veteran who is going to have a lot of value, especially for one of those teams on the brink, We've seen Jeff, I mean, Jeff Samarjda has to be traded. And we've seen some games he's pitched wonderfully, and some teams he's pitched, sometimes he's pitched terribly. But if you take one of those teams that are teetering, that are right on the cusp that I keep bringing up, the Pirates are right on the cusp of contending, even though they're sub-500. All those teams in the Central that that are chasing Minnesota. You know, the teams like the Yankees, the Orioles, the Rays, or the Red Sox, where they're tipping around. If they get a steady veteran with postseason experience and say, hey, we're not asking for five great years from you, we're asking for two thirds of a season. And I think the same thing's going to happen with Toronto. But I think the San Francisco Giants, and I think the Kansas City Royals, and I think the Toronto Blue Jays, and I think the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim all have to put for sale signs. On their roster and stop and think about what I just said there you have the team that won back-to-back pennants in 2014 2015 the team that went to back-to-back trips to the ALCS 2015 2016 you have the World Series champion of 2015 the World Series champion of 2014 the team with the best record in the American League in 2014 and those teams are sellers right now. And in some ways, that's a great sign for baseball, because you cannot look anyone in the eye and say, it's the same teams every year. And when you look at some of the teams that have been coming back to the postseason, like Boston, like St. Louis, you've seen teams that have been malleable, that have changed the guards, that have changed their players, that have changed their rosters. The only thing they haven't changed is the look of their uniform. So, I guess this is my one-third checkpoint episode. I do think you're going to look at some of these surprise teams, and when we meet again on oh, advanced driving passing, I'm not even going to cut that out. When we, when we come back at the trade deadline in August, we can look back and say, man, remember the Brewers and the Twins were in first place? That's just bizarre. Yeah. Or it could be, yep, it turns out that they were the teams that, to beat. Now, there are two World Series scenarios that right now, as constitute, if the playoffs started today, oh, uh, the, if the playoffs started today in the National League, I forgot to even do that when I, when I shifted over to the National League. If the playoffs started today in the National League, this would be the matchups, and this is kind of bizarre. The top team in the National League, um, as of right now, Would be... Wait, who would be? Hold on. Am I reading the wrong thing here? Uh, The top team in the National League... Yeah, I am reading this correctly. The top team in the National League would be the Colorado Rockies. And the Rockies would play the winner of the Dodgers versus the Diamondbacks. Meanwhile, the Brewers would play the Nationals. Now stop and think about one thing for a second. I brought up the possibility of a Washington's Astros World Series which may not be the sexy World Series of, you know, Red Sox-Cubs or Red Sox-Yankees or something like, or Red Sox-Yankees-Cubs uh, uh, or Yankees-Dodgers or whatever, but so what? It would, great, it would be a great series with a lot of great history behind it. And I don't judge my enjoyment of a baseball event based on how it does in the 18 to 35 uh, demographics at Fox. But think about this possibility. The Twins are in first place, the Rockies are in first place, Colorado, Minnesota, two states, open air stadiums, late October, early November, there will be snow, and man, part of me wants to see that very badly, to see, okay, it's November 2nd, welcome to Denver, Welcome to Minneapolis. I don't know. Maybe I'm just a sick individual. But we can take a look when we get this next third of the season. We'll see which teams are real and which teams need to fix themselves up. Uh, I'm not going to do a a team that should have won because I haven't done the research for it yet. Uh, But I do have another podcast that I am going to drop because I did a very good interview with someone who... uh, You'll you'll like the interview that I'm going to drop this Thursday, and I will do the team that should have won, which, what the hell, will make it the Washington Nationals. We'll do on Thursday afternoon. So, which I guess is going to be in a couple of days. So, hey, thanks for enjoying this little, you know, checkpoint. Checkpoint, Charlie, of figuring out where we are at the first third of the season. This is critical. You can't say, ah, it's early. No, we've done a third of the season. Now we got to see which teams are real. And, man, if it unfolds like this, we're going to have a weird and unusual October. Unless, of course, it turns out to be exactly the way I predicted, which would be a rematch between the Cubs and the Indians. So go to sullybaseball.com, and if you have any thoughts of what you would like to see in the reformatted podcast, please send them to me uh, either via email, info at sullybaseball.com, or via Twitter, at sullybaseball. Or you can post on our page, uh, Sully Baseball on Facebook. You can go to iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Stitcher, uh, all those stuff. And I already mentioned you'd you be old school, and send me an email at info at Checking things out at the one-third mark of the season standing around in Pasadena. This has been Sully Baseball, the podcast with your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.